Hi guys, you're listening to Happy Hour History. Um, I am back with Kai, um, and we are doing another episode today. Um, just as, like, in terms of housekeeping stuff, firstly, um, I've kind of co-opted Kai as, like, I don't have a permanent co-host, and that's kind of the point of the show. Um, but obviously, since I'm back with my family now, when there is something that I am going to be recording and maybe I don't have somebody lined up to record with, he's sort of around, he likes history, so it's a bit of an easy situation for us to work together. Um, so he's like the unofficial, like, backup co-host. Like, he'll be, he'll be around. You'll hear Kai. Sort of around. Kind he's of. Around. It was like... At first, I took it as a compliment, like, yeah, sometimes I'm home. And then I took it as, like, a, wait, no, that was, like, a backhanded insult because I don't leave the house. So, I really feel like it's more of an insult to myself than if I just had more friends. <laughs> I do have friends. Maybe we should join a Facebook group. <laughs> we should work together. <laughs> we can make friends together. That's super normal. Okay, yeah, but, oh, we can make crime as well. We can make, let's do crime. Yeah, let's yeah. do crime. So let's put that on the internet. Put it in the podcast. Everyone will know now. It's okay. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna, crime. Sh- we're not we're not doing crime. Um, but yes. So today we are talking about Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman is somebody that I have wanted to talk about for a very long time. Um, I've been kind of in like a royalty kick recently, just because I find royalty sort of like. Like, kind of like watching animals in the zoo. Like, it's not necessarily that you like them or that you hate them. It's just that they're kind of there and they're intriguing and you don't really understand it. They do a lot of dumb stuff. Yeah, and there's just so much to look at because it's obviously so well documented. So I've been doing a lot of royalty recently and I wanted to get off the royalty kick. Um, Harriet Tubman is somebody that obviously at least most Americans should know about. Um, it, it, like, at least in, in passing, you should know the name. Um, I researched her back in high school, like, much more in-depth than the average person probably knows, and I've just found her life so fascinating that, like, when it came down to, um, thinking of people to cover on this, I really wanted to do her eventually, um, and now that we've finished the Maria Theresa, Marie Antoinette series, this seemed like a good time, um, to kind of change things up a bit. It's a very different lifestyle for her to be living, um, even though they're not that far apart time-wise. I would like it to be known yes. that besides her name and the fact that she was active during the Civil War, you know, obviously doing her thing, yeah. uh, I don't know a single thing about her. Like, even if that's her real name, I don't know where she was born, I don't know how she died, I don't know how old she was when she did any of it. Okay, that's good. I mean, at least you learned something. I don't know something. what state she was active in. It's hard. It's actually hard because having just said that Kai is going to be like a sort of unofficial co-host, it sort of is hard because Kai and I both really enjoy history and we talk about history like just to each other in our personal lives a lot. And obviously the point of this show originally was kind of to educate or like to talk to people who don't care about it as much or like don't think about it on a day-to-day basis and like have it be relatable to them. So it's kind of interesting with Kai because... We do talk about history, so it's it's good to know that this is actually something that you're going to learn from. <laughs> Just a few notes beforehand. Um, obviously, if you haven't picked up on this by now, Kai and I are both super white kids. We're both gingers. Like, um, this obviously is a topic that deals with race relations and slavery and segregation. Um, it is a comedy history podcast, so there's meant to be humor involved in, like, the, at least the way that we talk about it and, like, it's taught to him. Um, but that said, we're, you know, we're going to try to handle this, like, in a mature fashion in terms of, like, the actual horrifying stuff that occurred. Um, So it's kind of a fine line to walk, but we're, you know, not going to be dicks about this. Yeah, but we can laugh at, like, the rest of the stuff. Like, the one time the South got their ass handed to them. Yeah, like, that's totally free game. Um, Nerds. And then otherwise, beyond that, um, I've been kind of saying the same things over and over again, but just so you guys know, um, my shop has more stuff in it. It was kind of just starting out when I last did an episode. Um, I've released some more designs. Um, So there's some stuff about Artemisia Genaleski, who's one of my favorite people in history. Um, There is also uh, something for, like, the Edward and Isabella episodes and um, something for Eleanor of Aquitaine. 
Uh, there might be a couple of other things, but there's like pins and t-shirts and bags and blah, blah, blah. So you can find the shop at tpublic, that's T-E-E public.com slash user slash happy hour history podcast. And you can find loads of stuff there. Um, and then also just as a reminder, you can always join my Patreon. Um, I have been considering some new Patreon stuff to get up there soon. Um, and then there's also the old stuff that you'll get if you are just starting out as a patron. Uh, that's patreon.com slash happy hour history pod. And as usual, um, I do have one lovely patron who is at the $5 level, which means that he gets a shout out every episode. So Alexander, thank you so much. You're the best. And then as usual, um, the podcast will contain like swearing and stuff. And for real this time, sorry, mom, because I mean, we're your two children. And so this is like double the heartbreak. She doesn't actually care, but it feels like she should. I used numerous sources for this, but I heavily used a book called She Came to Slay, The Life and Times of Harriet Tubman by Erica Armstrong Dunbar. Um, so I just want to shout her out because this is going to heavily include uh, the scholarship in that book. So um, first of all, Harriet Tubman. So her family actually came to be in America uh, because her grandmother was brought to this country on a slave ship. Obviously, the conditions were terrible. Um, I guess she was kind of constantly ill on the boat, and you didn't really have any way of, like, dealing with that because you had such little space, and um, they weren't really trying to treat you very well because you're chattel. But her name from her home country was taken away from her, and she was renamed Modesty, which... That's a dumb name. Typical America. Come with on. those dumb, like... Puritan, yeah, named like, her after a virtue. Yeah, oh yeah, that's what I was trying to think of the word. They're virtue names, which is yeah. like literally gross. I hate those. So yeah, that was her grandmother, and then her grandmother obviously has children. One of whom is a woman called Harriet. This is not that Harriet. Um, it's her mom. Uh, so Harriet's mother, also called Harriet, she went by Rit, so we'll call her Rit from now on because it's going to get confusing. Uh, Rit grew up obviously as a slave. In the will of her owner, though, it was said that when she reached 45 years old, she would be freed. Like, no matter what, once Rit reaches the age of 45, she's freed. And it's like... Is that an act of kindness, or you're not going to be able to help me anymore on the I mean, plantation, and I don't want to have to pay for your food? It's probably, it's, it's probably, like, an act of kindness in that he, like, the owner clearly could have kept her for longer and just, like, been a dick about it and, like, worked her until she died. So it's one of those things where, it's like, he probably recognized, like, by 45, like, they're not super useful, so I may as well, like, be sort of, quote-unquote, benevolent and let her go. Um, obviously, it's still, like, not, like, a, it's not, like, it's not nice. It's not benevolent. He's not doing it out of the kindness of his heart. There's obviously, like, a, like, a reason behind it. Um, and that, like, you make the good point that by then she's not going to be as useful, probably, as a slave. Huh. But, I mean, if you're, like, a domestic slave, you could go on working well past 45. I mean, yeah. So they probably thought that they were, like, doing good for the community. And it's like, you're just, you just actually suck. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So she was meant to be um, given her freedom at 45. And that also went for any of her children. Um, so any of Rit's children at the age of 45 when they reach 45, not when she reaches it. So oh, at, that's rough. Yeah, so once you all, once everyone reaches 45, they independently are freed. Um and so, this is all kind of written down in the owner's will. Um, the owner then dies at some point, and uh, the person who inherits the slaves decides that they actually don't want to follow that rule, because why would you? Oh, they're it's not like, even a benevolent dick. They're yeah. They're just a dick. Yeah, like, this is like, they're like, sorry, but 
that guy's dead, and whatever he was thinking was going to be good about this is obviously stupid. Um, so we're not going to do that. And the slaves obviously can't read. They've never been taught to read. Um, and so they don't know about this. They have no idea that it was in the will in the first place. That's, so. that's literally freedom dangled in front of you. I mean, and it's not. Like, but it's not, because if you don't know that it was there... But, like, they obviously, like, knew that there was some small, like... There was something, and I don't don't know if that came later, but at some point they do start questioning the will. Um, And so, eventually, so Rit, the mother, has this new owner who doesn't want to let her be manumitted at 45, um... And the owner is a woman, and her husband dies. Uh, when her hu- when the woman, after her husband dies, when she remarries, the new husband has his own slaves. And so they have one big happy slave family that is superbly sarcastic, in case anyone thinks that that's, like, an actual thing. Because there's, like, a weird thought that, like, slaves were, like, happy working in the field and stuff. They're not happy. So that was meant to be sarcastic, but now I'm worried it didn't sound enough. Um... But yeah, so this guy comes into the marriage, has his own slaves, and um, in, like, the worst love story of all time, uh, Rit meets one of the slaves who comes over with the guy, and she falls in love with him. Obviously, that's, like, a... It's good for them, but, like, it's terrible circumstances. Yeah. Um, that's just rough. Yeah, so, uh, so these two slaves fall in love, and they actually did choose each other, because obviously slaves could be made to procreate together um, to create more slaves. But in this case, actually, they, they did seem to choose each other, and that they loved each other. So um, that is how her parents meet. They have many children. They actually have nine, and kids. their fifth child is uh, named Araminta. Their last name's Ross, and so her name's Araminta Ross. Uh, they don't know exactly when she's born. Uh, it's usually pegged sometime around 1820. Wait, wait, wait. What's the first name? Araminta. How do you spell that? Uh, A-R-A-M-I-N-T-A. That's a cool name. If I wrote it in my notes correctly. Araminta. Araminta. And Araminta is actually who we're talking about today. So you were right. You you said earlier you didn't even know if Harriet was her real name. Harriet's her mother's name. Okay, I get, like, respecting the dead and taking on your mother's name. But why would you give up Araminta? I mean, Araminta's a cool name. And the better part is they called her Minty. That's awesome! And I have to say, um, not to, like, spoil anything, but when she takes her mother's name, her mother's not even dead. Oh, come on. She just takes on Harriet. Uh, But for now, she's Araminta. It is a really cool name. And um, so they have these nine kids. And it was pretty unusual. But, like, for the first several years, they actually managed to stay together. And so they were working, like, the same plantation, essentially. Having said that, um, sometimes the kids would be, like, hired out somewhere else. But that was more of, like, a temporary, like, almost like a day job type thing. Like so you, they, like, walk into town and, like, like, I, like walk around I would expect. Around. Well, I mean, they're not doing, like, I don't think they're doing, like, newspaper jobs. No, they're probably working in some, like, disgusting, they're, like, They're working plant, at somebody else's. Like, factory. They're, well, they're, like no, I think they're working at somebody else's plantation. Uh, that's but weird. they're more, like, hired help. And then instead of them being paid, the owner gets, gets paid. paid and so they're just, like, lending them out for money in return. Oh. Uh, but they're not selling them. It's like the worst rent service ever. Yeah. It's really... I mean, but the thing is, is that for them, this was a an okay situation because they weren't being sold somewhere else. Because obviously they have no control over being sold and separated from each other. And so they're happy. I mean, obviously they're not happy with, like, their lives. They don't want to be slaves. But, like, situationally, they're happy that they get to stay together. And that they're still owned by the same people. So, Small yes. Small victories. Small victories. Yeah, it's, like, not a great situation, but, like, that's, like, the silver lining. Um, so they would be they would be hired out elsewhere. Um, now, eventually, the family was split. Uh, uh. First, because the situation with, like, the fact that her father, Ben, was, like, technically owned by somebody else, he was eventually moved to a plantation or, like, a farm um, about 10 miles away, I guess. And so there was, a, like, a separation there. Obviously, 10 miles is not, like, debilitatingly far apart, but... Yeah, but you can... That takes... That's a that's a bit of a walk. 
Especially because, obviously, when your whole day is being dictated to you by your owners, essentially, um, it's not like you can just, like, decide to F off and go see Dad for the afternoon. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so it was, it was a problem, but the, the worst thing was, is that their second daughter, Mariah, was then sold to a plantation in Mississippi when she was 16 years old. Yeah, that sucks. And, like I said, they were in Maryland, so not only is that nowhere even close, they're, they're never going to see each other again, but also Maryland is, like comparatively less bad than the Deep South. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, none of it's stellar, but... I have a bold prediction that when the Civil War starts and, obviously, federal troops take Maryland because that's where the capital is, she's going to become free. Well, she's in Mississippi. No, 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 the, the, the main family in Maryland. Oh. Not Mississippi. You girl. mean... Mississippi You girl, mean Harriet like, Tubman, yeah. as in... As in Araminta? Yeah, Araminta. Do you not... Do you actually not know anything about her? Like, Dude, anything I don't at know all? Anything. Any, you don't, oh my god, this is shocking. Okay, the answer to that's no. No, because the Civil War is just really she depressing to learn She does the Civil War. Well, all of it's just depressing. American really history is just depressing. I agree, you should go learn about Polish, Lithuanian, Commonwealth. Okay, well that's also depressing. They were partitioned like six times, bro. It's, I mean... It was three times, but Yeah, whatever. it's not great. No one's counting. It's not great. Except for the Polish. <laughs> um, but yeah, so her sister Mariah is 16. She's sold to Mississippi, and they will never see Mariah again. So that's the so. end of her story? So yeah, she's not... I mean, honestly, the siblings... Like, I don't even know all the siblings' names. I could Google them, but like... The siblings are sort of just like secondary characters in this story. Their motivation... Which, Yes. I mean, that's... That's really... Like, that's depressing? That's a terrible thing to say about, like, actual historical people, but, like, from a storytelling standpoint of this, like, Harriet Tubman is very motivated by the idea of, like, she has to protect her family. And obviously losing her sister... I mean, she was really young at this point. She's... I don't know her exact age, and to be honest, no one knows her exact age, because, again, they don't know when she was born. Yeah, because who keeps Um, records in the 1800s? But she's, you know, somewhere between, like toddler and like maybe four or five years old so she's young when her sister is gone um but she'll never obviously see her sister again and that's something that sticks with her and then when she's about six years old uh she'll be hired away like i said to a different house and she does domestic work there so does she like live there and then they just pay rent or does she like take a I don't horse know. Bus. I don't know if she like walks or like. I, I wouldn't think they get the horse bus. <laughs> um, I don't know if she walks or if she lives there. It was kind of vague on that, but she is hired to like. I, I, I would think like a neighboring or nearby plantation. Because if it's live there, then or, obviously like, she's not with her the rest of her family or her mom anymore. But if she just walks there, I mean, then you're she, like, still get seeing them like in them. the evening. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the situation is. I. Th- Thing. If I had to guess, and I really should never guess, but if I had to guess, I would think that she was close enough that she could still go home. See, I was thinking she would walk, because, like... As in, yeah. Oh, no, no, sorry. I think that she would live there, because... She might. I don't like, know. Like, even just, like, a four-mile distance. Walking four miles yeah, takes a hot it takes day. a long time. And she's only six years old-ish. You know, again. Oh, yeah, I'd get lost. Age. So she's hired away. She does domestic work at this site. Um, so she's working in the house. And technically, like, that's less aggressively backbreaking than, like, field work. But obviously, when you're working in the house, there's more constant supervision and you're constantly being, yeah, like, yelled at. Yeah, you can't lollygag. Yeah, you're constantly being yelled at. And she was, work- she was like, looking after the children of this house, which is funny because she is a children. <laughs> um, I say that a lot. She is a children. I am a children. Um, I am still a children. I'm not. Um, but she's literally, like, she's, you know, around six years old, so she's way too young to be looking after kids. And I guess the kids that she was looking after were also kind of, like, perennially sick. Oh, Like, they were just kind of constantly, like, not well. They're just sick with kids. Yeah, and so... Like, when you're meant to be looking after these kids and, like, they're crying, you're going to get in trouble for that. And it's not your fault, but, like, Hold they're up. blaming Actually, you. They, I think, not to, you know, be a devil's advocate, but I think it's a good idea. You know, having a kid, you know, 
raise the kids. Because obviously a kid's going to know what another kid wants. Hey, he wants the wooden truck? Give him it. I'm not going to be like, a parents are like, no, 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 no. You know, you have to go eat your vegetables. Nah, this kid knows what this kid wants. I aggressively disagree with that. It's kid mind reading. I have to say right now that you can tell that you are the last born child. (laughs) Because if you were any order that wasn't the last, you would know that that is not a good plan. Like, I know what another 17-year-old wants. But like a four-year-old definitely knows what another four-year-old wants. Yeah, but then you can't, you're not raising them then. You're just playing together. <laughs> That's what they need. They need a playmate. No, they they were making like she was tasked with like the care and upkeep of these children, and she is like be made, basically being made into a mother to children that she's like a year or two older than. Like that's a disaster. Nah. That's a disaster. Nah, um, you're definitely wrong. On this so one. I'm gonna say your plan isn't great. Um, but yeah, so she's hired away. Um, she also has to deal with muskrat traps. I didn't even know what a muskrat was. Uh, Apparently they live near, like, rivers, though. I thought a muskrat was like a, I thought that was just kind of like an insult. No. Like, you're a dirty muskrat. They're like a real animal. They would have muskrat traps by the river, and so she was also tasked with going to, I don't know, like, collect them or reset them, something to do with the muskrat traps. So she had to, like, climb into the river, which obviously meant that, like, she was getting cold, like, literally, and then, like, that that itself does not give you disease, but it lowers your immune system so that you're, like, more receptive to disease. And so, you know, eventually she gets the measles. And Aww. she is a child. And she it, it gets too sick to be able to even work. And, um, and they think that, like, she's gonna die and they're like man this kid's useless she gets better but like it's her first real time being like dang (laughs) uh if you're not like immediately useful to somebody as a slave they won't want to keep you and that's like obviously you know it's probably not like a revelation to her but it's also kind of something that's like very worrying throughout her life if you had like if you were a slave and you were just uh, extremely sickly, either, like, you were just genuinely sickly or, like, you were actually just, like, an Oscar-worthy actor at pretending to be sick, like, and obviously, like, no one would want to, like, no, you w- couldn't be able to, you, like, your owner couldn't sell you because no one would buy a sick slave. What do they just do, like, let you go? I don't think they let you go. They'd find something for you to do or they'd find somebody crazy enough to buy you. Weird. You know, somebody out there is buying sick slaves no money and then being really bad to him like it's oh, like there's gotta be what are you doing there's gotta be something with that and then at one point when she's still a child around like six or seven uh she gets beaten and well she's it's not the first time it's not the last time but she gets beaten enough that she decides she's gonna try to run away she is a child so you can imagine it's not a great plan she ran and she <laughs> hid with the animals for five days uh, crap, but dude. it turns out that when you are with the animals, you don't have access... Well, I mean, you'd think that they're feeding the animals with, like, food and water, but apparently you don't have enough access to it. The animals are probably more aggressive than she is as a child. Also, they probably eat, like, 90% grass. Yeah, it's, like, not great. So, uh, she eventually is like, I... This is not sustainable, especially because I'm just in one place, and so if they don't find me first, I'll eventually just, like, starve. Die. Um, so she ends up going back and she gets beaten for trying to run away. So five that is her. Five days is a lot of time. Like, I yeah. couldn't spend five days. I couldn't spend ten minutes outside in a, like, on a summer day when it's warm and I know I won't, like, die of, like, freezing cold. Like, come on, man. Like, I could not do that. She's killer. She's amazing. I love her. At, like, seven. Yeah. So she, she really tried it. Um, she did not work. Eventually, she's able to move out of the household into doing field work. She really hated being a household slave. She hated the constant attention and, like, the fact that you were always watched. Mm-hmm. And she didn't like doing domestic jobs. Like, she just wasn't a very, kind of, at this point, a domestic person, I guess. I mean, she's a child, so. I mean, it might um, be more mentally taxing, but it's probably nowhere near as physically Well, that's taxing. the thing. So, once she goes out, I don't know exactly what age this was, but she's clearly a little bit older, at least. Um, Let's go with 12. I have no idea. Might be a little younger than that. But she gets moved out into the fields, uh, which is where she wanted to be. And so, doing this um, and being out there makes her really, really strong. 
you know, she's out there doing field work in whatever capacity they actually gave it to her. I know that she would, like, chop wood, and so, like, she grew, like, she had muscles. Uh, she never grew, even as an adult woman, was never taller than about five feet. So she was really short. She is tiny for her whole life, but she becomes reasonably strong, um, and she can kind of hold her own in that sense. Uh, and that's because she wanted to be out in the fields. Um, so eventually there's a day where she is out running an errand for, like, the household that she's working for, so she goes to the store, and while this is all happening, another slave, like, apropos of nothing that she's doing, because she's just doing her shopping, um, another slave is trying to escape from his owner, and, um... Basically, the owner is trying to stop him for obvious reasons of, like, he thinks that he owns a human being when we know that's not really a thing. But, Caden, the <laughs> government says so. But the slave... Anyway, so... Um, so he... So the slave who's trying to run away, obviously he is kind of getting the jump on him. And she is there when this is all happening. And so the owner tries to pick up like a heavy weighted thing, kind of like a paperweight or like a lead weight. I don't even know what it really was in the shop, but he picks it up and he tries to throw it at the slave. And depending on kind of who's telling the story, sometimes it just like accidentally hits her. And sometimes she actively steps in its path to like stop it so the guy can get away. Um, but either way, the heavy weighted object slams her. hits her skull. Uh, it actually breaks her skull. Wow. And uh, so she doesn't really have any medical treatment. And, uh, you know, leeches. as... Get the leeches. I don't think they... I don't even know if they would have done leeches. They knew how to make bandages and how to grow leeches. It was the only thing you got. And a bandage is not going to fix that. So, so, yeah, so her skull's broken and... You know, maybe she gets, like, an afternoon off. I don't know. But she <laughs> she pretty much is right back to work. She's, you know, they're like, you're a slave. You, you know, you work till you die, which is, that's, that's bad humanity and probably bad for your investments. So, but yeah, they put her back to work. And because of this injury, uh, she would have frequent headaches that weakened her. Uh, she would suffer from epilepsy and she would have seizures, especially the kind, not where you, like, pass out and then like literally seize on the ground but like, the kind where you like lose time and you sort of just blank out entirely um and she was really worried of course because that made her like a, a damaged slave in that capacity and she didn't want to be sold somewhere else That'd be because really of that really creepy could you imagine like being some like southerner and you're walking through the fields and you see all like these people working and then there's just, there's one, just one just standing just, like, there yeah and yeah for hours well just... i don't know i don't know how long those blank okay let's say like experience. at most like two, like 30 minutes even just someone yeah. just standing still for 30 minutes is free. yeah people can blank out for a deep like i don't I would i've never seen it happen so obviously i could be totally mischaracterizing how this works but yeah I we're think, not doctors i think <laughs> it can go on for like a decentish amount of time um and so, yeah, so she was kind of worried about that. But also, it it becomes weird because, like, she was religious, um, but at this point, she sort of has a Joan of Arc moment because having her head hit also caused her probably to hallucinate. Um, and she thought that, and I mean, thought, I don't know, maybe he was, but she, in her mind, God was talking to her. Oh, I love when that happens. Um, and that's something that would, like, help her in the future um and i was talking about this to somebody recently and it's like to what extent obviously like i'm not religious and you're not religious um that's a bold assumption you're not religious <laughs> um and so to us like that's you know she's not really talking to god obviously some other people would say that she was talking to god like that's not for me really to decide besides what i just like personally believe um but she, like, if we think that she was not talking to God, it's kind of an interesting thing where it becomes, like, a placebo effect almost. That, like, if she believes it enough, that it, like, has drastic impacts on her life. Yeah, I, I imagine it's probably, like, a like a self-fulfilling cycle almost. This will 
kind of impact upon her her future and help her with a lot of things that become very problematic in time um but yeah so she believes that she's genuinely getting like directives or like reinforcement from god about the things that she's doing which is pretty interesting um so it is a very kind of joan of arc thing but it affects her sleeping it gives her those headaches so it's overall you know like she never really recovered fully from this head trauma that she received have you ever noticed that everyone almost everyone in history to a certain, like, obviously, time period, is either, like, God is on my side alone, or God has abandoned me. No one's ever like, yeah, I messed up, so God doesn't really talk to me anymore. God and I are, like, we're, like, acquainted. We're like neighbors. Yeah, we're acquainted, but, like, we don't really chat. Yeah, like, I'll lend him, like, a cup of sugar, and he might, like, like give me a thumbs up on the way out, but we don't talk. <laughs> we're not really, like, pals. <laughs> Um, yeah, no one ever does that. It's always extreme. Yeah, it's either he hates me and everyone, or, or he, he loves, loves me. me and hates everyone else that I hate. And everything that I'm doing is God's will. Yeah, nothing's ever just like, yeah, I mean, we're kind of like... This is probably roommates. this is probably one of the few stories where I'm like, you know what? Ending slavery, it's God's will. That one, that checks. Like, if God's gonna have a will, you'd hope it would be bad. So, not to get, you know problematic with the religious folk but you'd hope um but hey you said but it was so itchy this always happens um then her father reaches the age of 45 and his owner because obviously like i said the two families technically had different owners uh his owner gave him his freedom oh dog bless so ben is free and um he unfortunately can't protect them in any way because they're still slaves and he has no right to them. They're they're his family, but he's out of the woods, so that's pretty cool. But he can like stand like an inch off the property and wave. I mean, maybe you think he probably has to get a job to support himself now. Oh yeah, yeah, like at nighttime. <laughs> he's honestly probably still working at a plantation. He's just getting paid for it now. He's like, yeah, cause like, he's like, hey, showing up for work again. And it's literally nothing's different. But at the end of the day, he like gets to go somewhere else and gets sleep. money. Because like, like, obviously, racism is very persistent. Like, no one's, no one in like Missouri's like obviously this is Maryland, so they're like slightly different. They're like, you know, Border. semi. Yeah, there were there were a the decent number of freedmen. Yeah, in they're, they're like pseudo Southerners. So they try hard. Yeah, to be so it. it's not. It's not like he was the only freed person there. But, like... And he was, like, carving out a new path. Like, obviously, there's gonna be, like, some guy who's like, yeah, I have a job open in my store, but, like, I don't want you because your skin color. And then he's like, well, okay, what am I supposed to do? And he's like, I don't know, work on a plantation. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I'm Dick. back. <laughs> he rolls up the next day. He's like, you know what? A new day on the job. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but he is New free. job, new me. <laughs> So he's free, but his family's not. Um, and then more of the children are sold away to the Deep South. And basically the moral of this story is if you end up in the Deep South, you're just never heard of again. Because, like, that's, like, crazy town. Dude, you go to the Deep South nowadays, you never heard from again. Yeah, honestly, no offense, Deep South. Um, but I'm really scared of you sometimes. Except for, like, New Orleans. People go there and come back and are like, they got good food. Yeah, they got that Mardi Gras vibe. Don't go to Alabama because they will kill you. Sorry, Alabama. We don't. We're sure some of you are nice, but honestly, the government kind of scares me. Um, yes. So, um, so two more of the children are sold away, like I said, and they're never kind of heard of again. And then at this point, she meets a freed man. Uh, he's actually mixed race, but let's be real that that just means black. Like it's back in the day. You're yeah. either you're either white or you're not. That means white. something now, but back then it was. Yeah, like, back then it was like you're clearly not. You're white. You're either so. like obviously like basically like all from like. The you're mayo or you're nothing. Like that's the situation. So he's mixed race. Uh, he is a freedman. His name's John Tubman. You can probably see where this is going. No idea. But uh, they meet and they kind of form a bond of some capacity, and they decide that they're going to get married. Uh, having said that, their union technically, I guess, can't be legally recognized. Doesn't surprise Because me. of the fact that one is a freedman and one is a slave. I don't really know how that works. Uh, I don't know if that's, I mean, that's what I, that's what I read in this book. I don't know if that, 
Well, do you think it it's can't be legally recognized because the like the plantation owner refused to like let them? Maybe, or is it like actually like state law? Like a freedman cannot marry. Well, you a... think like obviously her father and her mother were both slaves, but now her father's free. Yeah, but and I they're imagine... still married. Yeah, well, you can't. I doubt the state. Maybe it's like, you're unmarried you all of a sudden. Maybe you, you can't enter into a marriage. I I bet it's the person who's like you, who like... owns her because he's gonna be like. Oh, uh, because the ch- child might be, like, half half free? I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is so, technically, so I've heard from this book. Obviously, this could be questioned, but I don't know. The book says that um, their union can't be legally recognized, but uh, slavery actually passes through the female line. Finally, women get something passing through their line, and it's fucking slavery. We don't get to keep last names. Like, there's no, like matrilineal like women have the m chromosome you're welcome and women apparently get to pass down slavery um and so of course that actually works out for her slave owner because any children they have will be slaves and he'll own them so what a world so the freedman father gets like nothing so they're allowed to marry even though supposedly it's not legally recognized um at this point, because they get married, she takes his last name Tubman, and she also changes her first name to Harriet after her mother, who is still alive and still a slave, despite the fact that roundabout now, I think, is when she should be being manumitted, but the will will never work out like that. Wacky. Wacky. Okay. I can respect taking, like, your departed mother's, like, first name, she but is- if she's still, like, if she's, like, right next to you and, like, hey, mom, just call me you. Maybe she's like what? minty enough. I'm going to start calling you Heather. Okay. Heather would love that. So she takes her mother's name. She's now Harriet. And uh, her husband, at this point, because they've now married, he never really takes her visions very seriously. Um, he's not like... I mean, obviously, you know, you can have your own opinions on the visions and whether they're true. But, like, either way, she is seeing things because of her head injury. Yeah. And he's kind of a dick about it. Uh, I don't like the husband. He's not He's not my favorite in this story. Okay, yeah, but if I had someone preaching to me that they were hearing God, I'd also not be mm. a very nice person Ooh. about it. Um, but she, so she ends up striking a deal with her owner um, where basically, like, she gets to choose where he rents her out. And basically, it's almost like she's, like, she's kind of, like, being paid buy a job as if she was a freed person and then she just like gives some of that money back to him so it's kind of like if you like go to like a like a like a headhunter yeah kind of like when you go to like a job like like office like this like hey here's like 10 jobs that are available yeah it's a headhunter yeah yeah so they help you yes so yeah so he um he basically lets her choose where he rents her out to or like hires her out to and then he gets money from that but she actually also makes a little bit of money off it which is kind of nice because like as a slave she's really never been paid for anything hey man, before 10 bucks is 10 bucks i mean i don't think she's making 10 bucks because 10 bucks back then was a decent amount Dude, of money i could have bought a house with 10 bucks back then you could not have bought a house for 10 bucks back then. uh but it was a decent amount of money so she is able to make some money because of the situation, and this is when, at some point, she must have known something, or there must have been whispers about something, because she tries to use her money to hire a lawyer to fight for their freedom, and that's when it kind of comes to play that her mother should have been freed some time ago because of the manumission in that's like promised to her in the original will when she hit 45, and apparently she was past 45. And, and then she also learns that she and all of her siblings should also benefit from that. And when they turn 40, 45, they should also be freed. And the thing about that is, and I don't know exactly how this works, but I don't, I guess maybe like if the law, like if they had put that in the will for all the children, I guess maybe that means that the children can't be sold away. Because then they might not get manumitted at 45. Mm. And so I guess her siblings shouldn't have been sold away. So she's lost multiple siblings who have gone to the Deep South and will never be seen again. And that shouldn't have happened. And how old is she at this point? Oh, she's still like... De- I mean, she's not like a child. She's 
but she marries John Tubman probably about my age, so, like, early 20s, 22, 23. Obviously, it's kind of hard to know, but, yeah, I think early 20s. Okay. And so her mother should have been manumitted, and her siblings shouldn't have been sold away. Um, but the thing is, is that apparently racism's just bad in all cases because not only are they slaves, but they can't, after discovering the illegality of what's happening to them, they can't contest it in any way. So she has this information about how her family shouldn't have been split up and her mother should already be free and how they, they should be on a path to freedom. And she can't do anything to make any of it happen. She can't enact any kind of change. Um, So, obviously, that makes her feel really angry. Uh, She and her husband, John, never have any children. Uh, Potentially, this may have been intentional on her part, that she didn't want to have children in slavery, when, obviously, they they can't find a way out at this point, because no one's letting the law be the law. Um, And then, there are a couple of issues where, like, she becomes ill... And she worries that the owner's going to sell her off and that, like, maybe she and two of her brothers, I believe it's two of her brothers, are going to be sold further south. And like I said, once you go south, like, it's literally the end game. Uh, You're never heard of. So she hears this rumor that they might be sold south and she prays to God that the owner will die. Please don't tell me that. Like, I want her to succeed, (laughs) but I do not need her thinking that... God is granting her a wish here. So she prays to God that the owner will die because she does not want to go south so badly. And uh, the owner then dies. <laughs> I don't know if those were like... I don't know if maybe she was like sick and she like prayed that he would just get like that... Like just over the edge, you know? Or he tripped on a rake. I, I mean, I don't think he tripped on a rake. <laughs> I think he must have been some kind of ill. Um... But, like, I don't know if it was, like, very obvious that, like, okay, he's probably going to die, so let me just wish it, and it'll just, like, tip him over the edge. But he, yeah, he dies. And, obviously, she's like, oh, shit. So, some of the the stories that I read had her, like, really happy about this, which makes perfect fucking sense. uh, Because she was worried she was going to be sold away, and now he's dead. Um, the other part, and, like, obviously then she's, like, getting this whole, like, you know, God is actually speaking to me and that we're, like, more on a first-name basis. Uh, but then the other, I've read some other versions where, like, not only does it scare her that she has this, like, power, (laughs) but also, um, it becomes quickly apparent to her that this did not solve the problem because, uh, the owner has a wife, the widow, and, um... Basically, she is now without a husband, and they have some debts that were the problem earlier. That's what she was worried oh, about. Oh, then being... you just start selling off assets. Yeah, so she's so now they're like, maybe the widow is going to sell stuff off. Um, Hold and on. So... If I thought that I had the power of, like, literally like, like my right death hand note. is just, like, I point at someone and God, like, gives them the smoke. You death note them. Yeah, like, I, God will give him the big old, you know, hammer from the sky, the lightning. Dude, you better believe that I'm walking just into that house and just, like, finger gunning everyone. <clears throat> yeah, so, apparently she did not wish hard enough that the owner's wife would. I don't know what would happen then, though, because then it could literally just be sold anywhere, maybe. Or maybe there's, in the will, they go to someone else next. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that alternative history has been researched yet. Um... So she gets really worried because it seems like maybe they're going to be sold to pay off debt. And so she and her two brothers, who are worried about being sold off, they run away. And there's a $100 reward placed for each of them. Back about house. No, it probably couldn't. Well, depends. I don't actually know, depending on how size. would definitely buy me a shack. I mean, maybe a shack. $100 now could buy me a shack. <laughs> um, and so, they're, of course, they're all illiterate. They don't really know where they're going, so um, you described me. They begin to they begin to bicker about what they're doing, and the thing is, is that she is married. Oh, but she doesn't take her husband. It's just her and her brothers. Oh, roasted. And her brothers are both married, and they, as far as I know, both have children. At least one of them has kids. Probably both. She does not have kids because she's been smart about this. 
but they have families and they're they haven't taken their families they've just run off because they're worried that they were going to be sold and obviously if you're sold that's end game like you're never gonna see your family again anyway so they i guess in the heat of the moment they're like let's just run um but of course both of the brothers you know a bit into being runaways realize that like What's going to happen to our families? Like, are they going to be punished for this? We don't know what we're doing. So they, the brothers, jointly, two out of three, decide to go back. And they're basically like, we outvote you, and you're five feet tall, so you're coming with us. Because if you don't come with us, they might still punish our families. We all have to come back. And she's not happy about this. She did not want to go back. But they go back. And supposedly at this point, once they come back, they're in big trouble. Brothers are dicks. And they're told that, like, you know, you're probably going to be sold because you you just tried to run away. Yeah, why would they ever keep the renegades? And so pretty much at this point, um, she actually, when she was talking about her life later, she said about this point that I had reasoned this out of my mind. There was one of two things I had a right to, liberty or death. If I could not have one, I would have the other. Uh, so she's going hardcore. She didn't She didn't want to go back in the first place, and she's not pleased. So, like, not that long after, like, a few days maybe, uh, she decides that, like, screw her brother. She's going by herself. Respect. Uh, because, obviously, going with someone else is a liability at this point. So she leaves alone. She used her instincts um, and probably her God connection her direct line um she was obviously like she was short she was kind of just small generally as a human being she was strong but she was small um she doesn't have tools she can't read uh she doesn't have like a compass she has the north star and that's about it but she's going north so i guess i don't know i guess that kind of works and she kept secret exactly how she managed to do it because she was gonna retravel it i mean uh-huh. at this point she doesn't know that but she will retravel the same path. Um, so, like, in the writings of her life, she never divulges, like, how she does it exactly or, like, the path that she took. But basically, they're in Maryland, and she has to get up to Pennsylvania. And we're from Pennsylvania, so good for us. Once For, for once, we're, like, sort of doing something okay Yeah, we were cool back in the day. We're weird now. Eh. Um, but obviously, Pennsylvania, I hope you would know... You, you specifically. Well, yeah, but also there's a lot of Quakers. Oh, heck yeah. Um, Quaker Oats, baby. So there's Quakers there, and Quakers are, like, aggressively anti-slavery. So it becomes, I hope, I, the thing is, when you said you didn't know anything about Harriet Tubman, I don't know if it's just that you don't, like, remember it, and you'll remember when I say it, or if you just genuinely don't know. I hope you know what the Underground Railroad is. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Okay, but you just didn't know. It was but that's a, not. That's you not didn't know it was like, attached to her. I know that she participated in it, oh, okay. but it's not like, like, it's bigger than just her. Is like wait. Well, yeah. So she goes to Quakers for help, and they have safe houses, and so the safe houses form what is literally called the Underground Railroad, and the houses are like the train stations yeah, essentially like the, the stops yeah they're the train stations and so then the people who operate it are called conductors so yeah so she is connected to the underground railroad they help her along uh into the north she ends up in philadelphia our rival city Ugh, screw them and uh it's obviously the first non-slave state she'll arrive at logically and she gets there about 1849. Um, because she doesn't have children, she's in sort of a, a unique situation. Because most women would never try to escape. Men would escape occasionally. They got um, long legs. Not because of long legs. <laughs> they get there quicker. Often, because families would be split up anyhow, men basically had to accept the fact that they might not ever see their families. And so the idea of leaving their families, even if they were still together at the time, maybe wasn't as horrible or like detrimental to their own like ability to leave whereas women if you're have if you have children if especially if you're at like a stage where you're still like having a child that breastfeeds um there's just like realities that like it it's you either would have to leave your children in slavery without you or you would have to take a child with you, which is next to impossible when you're on the run because they cry and they make noise and they're noticeable. And obviously, like, they need a certain level of just, like, stability to be okay. 
Yeah, um, man. Ain't nothing gonna hold a man down. So most women, like most runaways, were men. And so she's sort of unique because she doesn't have kids, so she can run away. Uh, so she makes it to Philadelphia. She recovers from her trip, and she starts doing domestic work in Philadelphia to make money. She's getting paid for it. She hates domestic work, but she's like, at least I'm getting paid for it. And then eventually she realizes that, like, she she kind of wants to go back and see if she can bring her family with her, or members of her family with her, especially because... Um, she, there were a couple of issues that had come up in this time. So the federal government had, uh, tightened the slavery laws so that now, even if her runaway had made it north, they could still be captured Uh, and then brought back. Fugitive slave laws. Yeah. And so that was really dangerous to her, obviously, because she was literally a fugitive in the north. Um, so she was never really safe anyhow. Get to Vermont. No southerner can make it up there in time. (laughs) They'll freeze to death. Um... But so she she was never really safe anyhow. But then also she learned that um, her family, one of her nieces was going to be sold. Obviously, after having some of her sisters sold, that was kind of like a a thing that she was really hoping to stop before it could occur. Um, And so she travels to Baltimore and uh, she's able to save her niece and the niece's children. And now that she's kind of established the way or like the way that works for her. She can sort of try to repeat it. And after that first successful mission of bringing her niece north, it makes her realize that it would be possible with the skills that she's gained after two trips that she could probably make it again and continue to help people. I have a question. Yeah. And you might have come across this in your research or just have stumbled upon it at some point. But did Fugitive slave laws, did they grandfather any pre-escaped slaves? I don't know. Like, do you think she was actually, like, a... F- oh, if they'd caught her, she would have been in trouble. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know if, like, I mean, someone how would escaped, you? like, ten years earlier, and then suddenly, oh, these laws came in, and then, like, their owners... Oh, like, yeah, probably. I, w- I would assume everybody's, like, at, like, at risk of it. Because it'd be too hard to be like, oh, I escaped three days before it went into Yeah, what, are you going to document it? Yeah, exactly. It's not like you generally... I mean, obviously you might have documents in terms of, like, if they'd put, like, wanted signs up for you or, like, rewards. That, or, like, put in, like, their ledger, like, oh, suddenly we lost, like... Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, obviously it would not be in the slave owner's interest to divulge that information, yeah. so they wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't... I wouldn't think that it would discount anyone who would freed themselves Mm. prior to that um so she makes repeat trips back and forth she's able to save many members of her family after two years of being away she goes back and she had sent a message to her husband john tubman saying that she was going to bring him north obviously he wasn't a slave he was a freedman but she was going to like show him the way and everything and she gets there and basically he says uh next time champ i've moved on I found another woman. She's a free woman. At the end of the day, you are an escaped slave. Like, you're a runaway. Um, So, even if you're not currently acting as a slave, like, I'd rather be with a free woman. And obviously, you've been gone for two years. So, Uh, so he basically tells her to leave. And she's kind of, like, upset about that because she did plan his escape. Well, escape. Okay, I was going to say escape. Escape. But she was planning his departure from Maryland. And it doesn't work. She's not, like, thrilled about it. But let's be real. They've been apart for two years. So, like, how much was she really pining for him? I don't know. Hope not very much. Just FaceTime. So, she and her family, she's brought many of them out of Maryland. They realize that they need to keep going further north. And uh, they won't really be safe until they're in Canada. I mean, to be honest, even in Canada, you could still technically be found. It would be much... Like, the, the odds are so... No. Minimal. Once you get to Canada, you're free. No. No, because Britain outlawed slavery. But the thing is, is that if a slave owner found you or, like, a slave catcher found you, who's going to stop them from bringing you back? Okay, well, yeah, obviously they didn't have, like, border patrol, probably. You could... Yeah. But you slip into the Canadian woods, the only thing you're ever going to find out there is wolves. Well, that's the point, though, is that if somebody did find you, technically you could be brought back, but the odds are so much smaller. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So they're, they're going to go to Canada. So she brings the family that she saved... Um, from the south to Canada, and they start building a life there. It turns out they're not like thrilled about living in Canada. No, thrilled about living in Canada. It's cold, but like you know, it's 
it's a fine solution for now. And she stays in Canada for a bit with her family, um, but she obviously gets the urge to go back and see who else she can bring. Um, she would generally work during the summer to make money, because obviously now that they're freed people in Canada, they have to pay for their living and like have a house and stuff for this family. So she'd work in the summers, and obviously she had to save up for her trips, because it's not like she didn't have to ever buy anything on her trip. Or like she'd sometimes pay the people that helped her along the Underground Railroad because they were giving her assistance. Could you imagine being like a 20-year-old relative of her, of hers? On this plantation, be like, man, every year one person just disappears. It's not generally from... one person. Okay, yeah, but every, like, one, you know, every few years, like, a small group of people disappears. Maybe I'm in this next one. And, like, <laughs> and then you wake up one morning, and it's like, the mom's gone, grandpa's gone, <laughs> my two uncles gone, but I'm still here. Come on, man. Um, I hope I didn't. Yeah, I don't think it worked that way. Um, so she went back uh, in the autumn. So after. After working the summer, she would go generally in the autumn time. Um, and she managed to bring back those brothers who had betrayed her the first time. Oh, she left them. She, you know, all, like, their families and stuff like that, it all happened. They had actually, once they had gotten back from their escape attempt, they'd realized that it was a mistake to come back. Because they were, like, screwed and they were going to be beat and stuff. Yeah. Um, so they were pretty mad that they hadn't escaped the, in the first instance. And so she helped them. Uh, because they were going to be sold. They actually got away on Christmas Day because it was, like, a busy time, so she snuck them away that day. And when this happened, I guess, um, they had the opportunity somehow in all of this, like, handover process that she could see her father, who obviously had been working on that different site and then had been freed. Uh, She hadn't seen him in many years, and so they actually had him wear a blindfold while she met him. In the woods. So that way, if anyone asked him if she, if he had seen her or any of the escaped slaves, like his sons, who obviously were about to escape with her, if he had seen them and what had happened, he could honestly say no. So, That's kind of weird. But she did see like, her dad. I get, like, I don't <laughs> want to lie to the authorities. But, like, but that... come on. But, like, he's protecting himself as much as humanly possible. Mm. Because he's still living in Maryland. And, like, that's a still a dangerous place for him. And then... So, overall, she makes between 11 and 13 trips uh, between the North and the South. Estimates are that she saved between 70 and 100 people. She did know that this was sort of a drop in the bucket in terms of total slaves. Obviously, it's not, like, you know radically changing the system yeah but one drop in a dry bucket and it's no longer dry so she says about anywhere from like 70 to 100 people some people inflate that number and it it can sometimes be closer to 300 but yeah, man, i heard twelve thousand one time that's not true yeah i know it's jake oh okay. um but yeah so it was probably between 70 and 100 obviously a decent number of those are like her family and then like her family's families so like her brother's who had, like, yeah, wives and children. Yeah, most probably but relatives the thing is, is that, or, like, Well, not all well, of not them. not, like, you know, but, like, they were taxed Well, the thing is, is that, so, like, sometimes, um, so, like, there was a trip to save her sister Rachel before she was sold, and it actually fails. Oof. And she's there anyway. And, like, the thing is, is that it haunts her forever that, like, the attempt to save Rachel doesn't work, because Rachel ends up dying. Um, not Rachel. But... Uh, and she can't save the kids either, which is kind of sad. So she's really upset by die? this. I, I mean, they just, they just don't get saved. So, I oh. mean, at some point, either they die or they get freed when the Civil War happens. Mm. I don't know what happens to them. But, um, so she fails this. And she obviously doesn't know what's coming, so it's bad for her. But she fails and she's really upset by this. But the thing is, she's still there. And so she obviously saves another family while she's there. So, like, every time she goes, she's saving her family members, but also generally on her trip, she'd have more than just family. So, like, she'd also have a couple of other people. So it was just sort of, like, you know, if it worked out that you maybe knew the right people or, like, had heard about her and knew where to meet her. So she got these 70 to 100 people in how many trips? 12? Um, anywhere from 11 to 13 is what I've seen. So I'm going to go 12. That's... That's a lot of people in one yeah. trip. That's, like, anywhere from, like, 7 to, like, f- like 12 people trip. Yeah. And so, and also the thing is that, so if it's, if it's 70 to 100, you also have to think about the fact that, like, once she had established a path 
of how to best do it. And then she was obviously, like, she stayed at these underground railroad stations, the houses of the Quakers and the freed black people who were working on this kind of underground system. When she stayed there, potentially if she was sharing information with them about, like, best practice... Maybe she wasn't. Maybe she wanted to keep it completely secret so that it couldn't possibly be divulged. But if she was sharing even, like, vague tips about best practice, that could have saved countless other lives that she wasn't involved with, but that were being helped by the Underground Railroad in some other capacity. So you don't really know how many people she affected overall. Yeah. Uh, So she carried a pistol with her. I think it was actually a sex worker pistol. A prostitute pistol! One shot. That's all you need. From our uh, our last episode together with Henry Reed Rathbone, the uh, sex worker. You just pistol. got prosta shot. Um, I think she. I think it was just like a, a single shot. Nice. I'm not positive, but she carried a pistol with her, and it was partially because um, they obviously had to deal with wild animals as they were traversing the terrain, and then all. But then also some. Every now and then you'd have a situation where an escaped slave that was in her party would want to go back. And she learned from that first time with her brothers that no one goes back. They know too much. They know the the path she's taken. They know who she's taken with her. They know that it's her. Because the thing is, you think about it, her her slave owners knew that she left. And now they know that people are disappearing. And probably they're thinking, you know, it's a lot of her family members. So there's definitely a link here. But they don't necessarily know that she's involved. So... Anyone who would return would be putting her entire party at risk and also her future of being able to do the trip. So if somebody said, you know what, I think I'm actually going to go back and take the punishment for trying to run away, she would literally say, you continue with us or you die. (laughs) She would have shot anyone. She did not have to, but she did threaten. She actually, like, that situation came up where she had to tell somebody, I have a pistol and if you don't continue, I'm going to kill you. Because at this point, you can't go back. You'll ruin everything. Um, which is kind of cool. Um, That's really, like, cool. It's pretty cool. Honestly, it's like... And the thing she said, too, is that basically her point was that once she had freed people, she never spoke to anyone who ever wanted to go back. It was only when they were afraid. Hmm. But she never lost anyone. Hmm. You know, her passengers. She never lost anyone. She never shot anyone? She never shot anyone. No one ever, besides her brothers who made her go back, no one ever went back. No one ever returned to slavery, um, like, involuntarily or voluntarily. So, like, this, the missions were a success. If somebody were to go back, the missions would no longer be successful. So, like, once they were free, and they always did end up free, they were happy that they'd done it. So, she's like, you're, like, you're continuing, you're gonna die. Sorry. Hey everyone, sorry for the abrupt ending there. When we originally recorded this, we had thought it was going to be about an hour long, which would have made it a one-part episode, but it turns out that I just had way too much research, which is a good thing, but I hadn't anticipated it, and as a result, we recorded it as one long stint and didn't put in any, like, episode breaks, so unfortunately, I have had to kind of arbitrarily add them in afterwards. I did put out, like, a weird Twitter poll asking if that's what people wanted. Um, It was a pretty much... 50-50 split, so I decided that I would, in fact, uh, split the episode just for your ease because it can be a bit hard with a two-hour episode, so it's going to be an hour here and an hour next time. Um, I am going to try to release them in fairly close proximity, so if you are eager for part two, it should be coming shortly. Uh, Just to entice you all, part two, we get into some of the ways that she evaded capture or tricked people into not realizing what she was doing. Uh, We get into more family dynamics within the Ross and Tubman clan. We also will get into the Civil War in which she plays a remarkable role and then her life after uh, the Emancipation Proclamation and the end of the Civil War. Uh, So that's going to be a good episode. Again, like I said, I do apologize that this has kind of been such um, an abrupt ending on this one, and unfortunately the next one is going to have an abrupt beginning, but before we do that, I will give like, like a summary of what happened in part one so you guys aren't confused. 
Uh, but this is definitely not the smoothest transition in the world, which is entirely my fault. Uh, before I let you guys go, just to remind you all that you can follow me on all of my social media platforms. I am on Twitter. It's at Happy History Pod. I love chatting on Twitter, so please feel free to follow me there. Uh, tweet at me. Let me know what you guys are thinking or ideas or just to say hi. Um, I'm on Instagram at, uh, at happy hour history pod. I post lots of pictures for, um, the various shows that we do. And so you can follow me there. My Facebook is happy hour history podcast. And I also have a, an email account that you guys can contact me at. So that is happyhourhistorypod at gmail.com. And then just to remind you guys as well, I know I said it at the beginning of the episode, uh, but I do have a couple of things worth mentioning, which is just that we have the Patreon. The Patreon is uh, patreon.com slash happyhourhistorypod, and you can get extended content there. Also, sometimes you'll get things first, so I do think I'm going to send out part two of this episode to patrons first, um, just because I know that this situation with it is a little bit strange. Um, and then also, I do have my shop, which I definitely mentioned at the beginning, but just to remind you guys, that's tpublic, teepublic.com, slash user, slash happy hour history podcast. You can get loads of random stuff there. I've been working on the designs for um, old shows and then stuff coming up, so if you guys have things that you want to see there, uh, let me know and I will try to get that up. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Please, if you guys are listening through um, Apple Podcasts or anywhere that lets you review, feel free to leave me a rating and review. It's really nice to read those. Uh, you can also review on a website called Podchaser. It is sort of like IMDB for podcasts. And so um, if you guys want to go there and leave comments on the episodes or on the show as a whole, uh, I really appreciate it. So thank you guys, and I will see you for part two.